Carter. I'm Eloa. And I'm Erin. And if you don't know three black bitches who love true crime, you do now. This is the I Ain't a Killer podcast. Hey. Hey, y'all. We found it back. <laughs> we scared. Right? Okay, gonna be my ass and my ass. Y'all, let, let us explain. First of all, the first week, it, it's been a lot going on. It, Scheduling have. issues. We've had many a birthday. Yes. Everybody's born in August. And July. And Ju- <laughs> oh, yeah. Aaron's a Cancer. Otherwise, a Leo. So we had sequential birthdays. And yeah. last week it was a fucking holiday. It was a holiday weekend. Beyonce was here for three shows. Yeah, you expected us to record, right? <laughs> I was picking up my microphone. <laughs> <laughs> I literally hit them up. I think it, what was it? It was a set the night before, or was it the morning of? Yeah, I think it was like Saturday day morning or something. <laughs> no, it's like no, it's not happening for me. I'm just telling you. That. I already knew what the answer was, but I had to make sure because I was still in bed. But it, <laughs> let me just make sure. It's the way I wasn't even at home. <laughs> We'll get a little bit more comfy. We'll have a little bit more breathing room. You know, then we can, you know, not let shit get in the way so much. But we got yeah. jobs and extra jobs and hobbies yes. and school. Niggas. <laughs> niggas. <laughs> Multiple niggas. Exactly. I forgot to tell you about my date. Ooh, I'm fine. I'm fine. Yeah. I was excited to hear about that. Take on my date. Love that. I'm going to need some pictures. Um, but anyway, yeah. So don't hate us. Don't kill us. We get it. But we also, this is sad. We don't care. <laughs> We care about y'all, but not enough to interrupt our Beyonce weekend to record the podcast. Yeah, yeah. Beyonce comes first. Yeah, I feel like y'all understand. No, I hope so. Y'all gotta be beehive if you kill a bee. Yeah. <laughs> this is like a prerequisite. You know, that's <laughs> but we love y'all. We're happy that y'all uh, are looking for us every yes. Monday. Uh-huh. Yes, y'all too. Yeah, it makes us very happy, and we do enjoy doing this a lot. A lot, a lot. So thank you for sticking with us because, like I said, we're regular ass niggas. We are very regular. <laughs> Extremely. <laughs> All right. So this week for current and crime, we will be talking about the Vanessa Gideon case. I feel like I pronounced it before the podcast started. Now, yeah. But um, this is an article from CNN. And the title is Woman Charged in Vanessa Gillian Case Receives 30 Year Sentence for Her Role in Death of Army Soldier. And this came out August 14th, but I think the information is pretty up to date. So, Cecily Aguilar, is that how you pronounce that? Aguilar, yeah. yeah. Aguilar, the woman charged in connection with the 2020 killing of Army um, SPC Vanessa Gillian has been sentenced to 30 years in federal prison. Aguilar pleaded guilty last year to one count of accessory after the fact and three counts of making a false statement. Aguilar's boyfriend at the time, SPC Aaron Robinson, is accused of killing and dismembering Gillian. God damn. And then recruiting Aguilar to assist in disposing her body near Fort Cavazos, Texas, formerly known as Fort Hood. 
Robinson died by suicide as authorities closed in on him in 2020, making Aguilar the only person charged in connection to Gideon's death. Just like a man. A coward. <laughs> a fucking okay. coward. Our hope is that today's sentence brings a sense of relief and justice to the Gideon family who have endured such pain throughout these past few years. U.S. Attorney Jamin Esperanza for the Western District of Texas said in a news release Monday, Ms. Aguilar's actions were indefensible and she will not face the maximum penalty for the choices she made. In a news conference after Aguilar's sentencing, Myra Gideon, Vanessa's sister, said it was a very hard day for my family. There's relief today that Cecily will finally be held accountable for her actions, she said. I'm happy to say that we can, in a sense, close this chapter and keep moving forward. A news release from federal prosecutors in Texas last year said after April 22nd, 2020 to July 1st, 2020, Aguilar assisted Robinson in corruptly altering, destroying, mutilating, and concealing evidence, that is, the body of Vanessa Gaines, in order to prevent Robinson from being charged with and prosecuted for any crime. The release went on to say that Aguilar altered and destroyed information from Robinson's Google <coughs> account and made four materially false statements to federal investigators. She received the maximum sentence for her role in the crimes, 30 years, prosecutors said. Gillian was a 20-year-old private class, private first class at the time of her death, went missing in April 2020. Her family, investigators, and civilian volunteers searched the area surrounding Fort Cavazos for weeks before discovering her body in a shallow grave on June 30th. It was later revealed that Robinson had killed Gillian in an armory room by bludgeoning her with a hammer. According to the court documents, Robinson then put her body in a box and drove her to the Leon River, roughly 20 miles from base. He then picked up his girlfriend from work, and the two drove back, allegedly dismembering Gillian and attempting to burn her body before burying her, burying her in three separate holes. Y'all don't learn, because you can't just burn a body in a, in a fucking campfire. Like, yeah. Myra Gillian said during Monday's press conference that Aguilar faced her family and asked for forgiveness. Bitch! <laughs> Which really took me by surprise. I am so sorry. Y'all gonna have to literally, y'all gonna have to put me in a cell if I'm ever in this position, because... I'm coming to, I'm coming to That's literally what I was thinking. Like, there's no way. Any kind of role, no matter what your motivation was, that girl was gone. Yeah. Right. And you got the nerve to ask for forgiveness. For forgiveness. And you look at me in my eyes asking for it. Don't fucking You never had any, you never had any motive, like, intention to turn yourself in to tell folks what the truth was. People have been looking she died a lot, like, at least 10 plus years. Yeah. It was 2020. Oh, okay. Because it's happened so often, so I may even be thinking about somebody else in the military who this happened to. Oh, I think you're thinking of the black woman. The black woman whose yeah. genitals were like yeah, literally they poured acid on her shit. That might be who I'm thinking about. But yeah, so but contributed to that. The sister literally said the same thing. She said, it just doesn't make any sense to me as to why she took so long to speak up. And you can't tell me her demeanor is going to change from one morning to the next. And it's just hard to find that apology sincere. Mm-hmm. Like, period. Mm-hmm. Uh, Gillian's story resulted in a wave of new policies for the army and military as a whole. In the wake of her disappearance, women flooded social media with their own stories of sexual assault and harassment in the military, using the hashtag I, I am Vanessa Gillian. In 2021, President Biden signed into law provisions from the I am Vanessa Gillian Act, which mandated that prosecution decisions about sexual assault and harassment will be moved outside of a soldier's chain of command. Why wasn't that the case in the first place? Because, just, like, the military is, like, its own world and yeah. its own, like, department. Yeah. yeah. Um, a significant change for the military. The act also criminalized sexual harassment under the Uniform Code of Military Justice. It wasn't criminalized before? That's I'm so horrifying. In her statement to the court on Monday and shared with CNN, Natalie... 
Colum, the attorney representing Gideon's family, said Aguilar's sentence needs to set the example for anyone that will ever contemplate mutilating, destroying, and or concealing a body. Your Honor, Vanessa Gideon served his country, Colum said. It's imperative that you set the appropriate precedent today so heinous acts like this will never occur on our trip again. I have feelings about that last Me slide. too. What are your feelings? I mean, my thing is, it didn't prevent it from happening in the first place. Like, people know it's illegal. People are not afraid of going to prison. It, there's so much evidence that shows that carceral punishment does not deter people from committing crimes. Exactly. Like, you know it's illegal to mutilate and destroy and hide mm-hmm. and burn a body. Mm-hmm. Like, we all know that. Yeah, you all want to make people to get better at it. Yeah. yeah. To, yeah. I also, um, not saying that she doesn't deserve to answer for her crimes, but this is clearly a systematic issue. So, yeah. like, let's talk about the military as a whole people and not try to use one specific girlfriend of somebody who killed somebody as a way to tell your higher ups that they can't rape kill and mutilate a body right right i have a lot of mixed feelings anyway because i just don't think that not, not i'm not victim blaming it's just i don't think the military is a place for women queer trans people at all whatsoever yeah i think i mean it's not a place for anybody it's not a place no, for, no yeah let's yeah. but it is definitely it for white to yeah men. exactly yeah. and like literally everybody outside of that it's like you're walking into a danger zone it's kind of like that thing where where people uh they, you know they want to be cops too or they want to you know get inside the system and change it or you know they want to be proud of like they feel this pride in their country and they want to like serve their country or because they're bored you know mm-hmm. because these fucking recruiters be coming to these broke-ass schools instead of private schools. Mm-hmm. Shit like that. And the fact that, like, there's all of these vulnerable people in these positions and nobody gives a shit about them. Like, yeah. all the stuff that happens to you in the... Like, it's, it, this is a, such a common story, I couldn't even get it right. Yeah, I thought that this happened, like, 10, 15 years ago because I keep hearing the same story every fucking year, every six yeah. months. And so... That's not. This is not a place for vulnerable, especially especially women, especially you know, yeah. for marginalized folks and stuff like that. So it's just sad that like she went past that barrier and then this happened to her. It's just like it's a fucking boys club and yeah. boys gonna be boys, which means they're gonna be fucking violent. But yeah, it's a horrible story, and that the fact that so this man committed this violent crime against this woman, right? Mm-hmm. And then got his girlfriend to help him cover it up. And she was like, yeah, that makes sense. (laughs) What? (laughs) The way I would block, it wouldn't even be a block. You would just cease to exist in my world. Like, um, you just evaporate. I'm calling the police. (laughs) And I don't call the police. You just violently murder someone. You want me to help you hide the body? Sir, jail. Did you do that to get chose? Like, girl, what the fuck is wrong with you? I don't understand. Yeah. It's just fucking sick. Oh, and now he didn't get that. He he killed himself. And now you you, you gotta answer. And now you answer for the charge. Girl, you should have known that shit. I'm sorry. And the thing is, I think that if he was alive and had gone to trial, it's fucked up. She would not have gotten 30 years. No. Her her defense would have been like, she was also a victim of this man. And they would have made a whole story and he would have gotten the maximum sentence and she would have got like 10. Right. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Yeah. But they needed somebody because they don't have him no more. But as soon as he called her up and said, hey, babe, um, this, this and this happened. I need you to pull up. She should have known that this is not a considerate man. Like, I'm not shocked that he offed himself and right. is not around. Like, yeah. clearly because he brought her into something that he really didn't have to at all. And 
Are you a huge cunt? Us too. Wait, can we even say cunt? Of course. It's empowering these days. Cunt, 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 cunt. I'm Ange Ballastone, a.k.a. the drag queen, Fat Girl Gina. And I'm Mike Fails, just a normal gay guy, I guess. And we're the hosts of The Big Cunty Couch, a gorgeous new talk show podcast where we invite queers and peers to sit, bitch, and be fierce on a huge-ass couch while we gab about all things gay. So come get cozy and cunty with us. We're pan for platforms, so find us anywhere online and get listening, sweetie. Or watching. Or both. Otherwise, why the hell am I in full drag? And we'll see you on The Big Cunty... Oh, wait. I thought we were going to say that together. No. On The Big Cunty Couch. Mwah. Or you could just stop fraternizing. You could, but you can get put out of the army and there uh, you would lose all your benefits. You'd be disabled. And he didn't think he'd be put out of the army for killing for someone. someone. <laughs> <laughs> but also just delete the picture and be like, oh no, you got him fucked up. Like that's not what my lock screen was. And that's that's even if she was going to say something. Why was your lock screen the bitch that you was creeping with? Right. <laughs> the married bitch that you exactly. was creeping with. I okay. And how the fuck did she see it? And what makes you think she gonna just run the snitch? Oh, I, I see you with a married bitch. Let me go talk to. I don't know. Maybe it was because she had already been reporting other people. Oh. And maybe because when you do that, I'm sure it gets around very quickly that you're quote unquote a snitch or something like that. You know. I don't know. I, I hate feel it. Like getting put out the military ain't worth that. Like that no, should I be agree. the goal. I agree. <laughs> but if you're heavily invested, if that's your lifelong career path. Yeah, and those benefits are like life changing things for you. Yeah, like you have a different mindset around it. Yeah, but then it's, it's like men also because like you're so worried about this thing, you should have just not done the thing. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Like you're yeah. so it's stressed out about the consequences exactly. of your actions. <laughs> like yeah. wow, welcome to the real fucking world. Right. It's just like Tory Lanez. Oh, sorry, I hate to break it. Oh, <laughs> that's who we should. So <laughs> it's so many people like, oh, ten is so bad. Da, 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 da. If you as aim opposed a to the zero, as, as opposed to, he 
would have got zero if he just didn't, didn't pull do the it. gun out right. and shoot a Just person. don't do the thing. And then, and then I didn't know it was a semi-automatic. What the fuck is wrong with you? I didn't know that. It, it was a pistol. It was a semi-automatic. And you aimed it. First of all, you pulled it out. Oh, you no. aimed, It was loaded. That's strike two. We didn't even got to the part where you discharged the weapon and then to like four, strike four, you pointed it at a person. No. Strike five was you pointed it at a fucking famous person who literally didn't say anything. I was just about to say, she wasn't going to say anything she was to protect say your little ass. The TMZ story came out and uh, everybody thought it was a rumor because she wasn't saying shit and then he started talking hella shit then she got on that live and was like, you shot me and it was like, oh shit, okay, now we, like months later we have the confession. She really wasn't going to say nothing. She was What you do? You, you do a music video with legs chopped up in the like horse legs chopped up in the fucking video. I didn't watch that shit. Ooh, I didn't. I didn't I've only seen the still. So if you didn't want the time, then don't do that shit. I'm not out here shooting bitches. I'm not even trying to fight nobody because I'm literally not trying to go to jail. Mm-mm. I don't even want a cop to look my way and have a reason to put me in the back of a car. So Mm-mm-mm. you sh- that's the mindset you should have been in. Violent ass niggas, like right. Child, I don't know. I just yeah. It's this is horrible, and I. I hate the situation. It's weird about the girlfriend going down for the crime. It's the whole thing is fucked up. Yeah, it's very. Weird. And the fact that President Biden, what is he, our forty-sixth president? Yeah, yeah, is just now having to instate that what is it, sexual violence or whatever is a crime or whatever the fuck the article said. I don't know. That's gross. That's gross. And I I don't like the military. I'm against it. But like, maybe we can, you know, look to the movie woman King as like, we go forward. Like what's wrong with just having like a girl's (laughs) queers army that we just keep separate from all those fucked up men. I just want to segregate. Let's resegregate. I'm down. Yeah. We can give air security (laughs) clearance. VIPs. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> no, I can I can okay. be here actually. <laughs> right. So I have a pass. Um, I should be the leader. Oh, super done. So this should be out of control. <sighs> All right. <clears throat> we'll be back with the main story, y'all. All right, Killer Bees, welcome back. This is Kiara and All pronouns, pick one. Um, so this story is a little bit on the shorter end, but I definitely thought it was a good conversation to have. Uh, this is um, something that I've never really read into. Um, this is the school shooter Elliot Roger. Um, trigger warnings for gun violence, murder, and blatant misogyny. And then if any more triggers pop up, uh, I'll definitely say something before I go over the little um, line. So, Elliot Roger was born in London, England, in UK, um, on July 24th, 1991. I think that makes him a cancer? July what? July 24th. 24th. I think that's Leo. I think that's the first day of Leo. Leo. Not your people. I think. Ouch. Uh. (laughs) Yeah, it might be. Yeah, I think it is. I think it is, too. Um, So, his parents were British filmmaker Peter Roger and Malaysian research assistant Lee Chen Roger. Um... So he has this manifesto, it's super, super long. I like 
read some of it, but I couldn't really like get into it like I really wanted to because it's so long, like very, very long. Do other people have manifestos? I feel like I only hear manifestos in the context of like cult leaders and like school shooters and shit. And I'm like, can anybody write a manifesto? Like, where's the, yeah, where's the normal people manifesto? Yeah, you can. Karl Marx, I mean, Communist Manifesto, yeah. but that's the only other one that I know of that doesn't have shit to do with, like, a, a shooter or, like, a cult leader. What's I think the people definition only, of a right, manifesto? What is it? Is it just, like, this is what I believe? I think it's, like, what happened and, like, what the plan is. A public declaration of policy and aims, especially one issued before an election by a political party or a candidate. This is a very specific definition. Yeah. Public... Published declaration of intentions, motives, or views of the issuer. Okay. Mm-hmm. You can have a manifesto about anything. All right. I'm about to write a manifesto. That's, like, write. that's so that's so right. like, But like not yeah. in this context. But yeah. No, for us a, a good manifesto. Yeah, a good manifesto. A kilopod <laughs> manifesto. Yeah. I'm fucking with it. Um, so yeah, according to his manifesto, uh his mom got pregnant by accident after being married to his dad for a couple of years. Um, she was on birth control, but then like she visited him on film set one time and she got sick. Um and then as a result of her getting sick, she had to start like taking medication. And so the medication offset the birth control, which oh, caused her to get pregnant with him. I don't think there was any intention for her to like actually have a kid uh, up until that point. Hmm. So they ended up moving to LA from the UK when he was five. Um, he talks about it in his manifesto a little bit that he was devastated. Um, how you know he had like so many friends and stuff like that they had this really cool house um it was i don't want to say it was a farmhouse but it's like you know those old english houses that be out out, out in the country or whatever mm-hmm. that's kind of how it was and it was really cute um but they ended up selling it and then they ended up moving to la when he was five so then his parents got divorced and then his dad got remarried to this woman named samaya uh, he doesn't really mention her last name too much, but uh, she's Moroccan. And then that ends up coming up later um, in the story as well. So at the age of eight, he started seeing a bunch of therapists uh, because his mom noticed like some like mood issues and stuff like that. Um, they prescribed him medication, but he never took it. So it seems like the, I mean, obviously the therapists are like good at what they do. Like they kind of went the right route. Like mm-hmm, they yeah. noticed behavioral issues. They got him into therapy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Um, but I think him not taking his medication probably, yeah. I don't know. Cause I'm, I'm a little, I don't know too much about it. I don't have the range to speak on kids taking medication. I don't know how that affects their brain function or could that have been part of the reason why he took the route that he did. Um, but him not taking his medication definitely did like affect their relationship or like his mood and things like that. Um, but his mom stood firm in the belief that he was autistic. Mm-hmm. Uh, he never got a diagnosis, but she was like pretty adamant about the fact that he was autistic. And speaking of like, did y'all know it's like $4,000 to get your know, diagnosis? Like, for autism? Yeah. That shit's like... I did, but my brother's autistic. I, if he so wasn't, expensive. I probably wouldn't have known that. Yeah. Why is it so expensive? And is it not covered by insurance? I don't know. I really don't know, because I was thinking about getting tested for that and uh, ADHD, and when I found out the price, I was like, mm, I'm never checking for I was like, I'm not doing this. He's just going to do the little umbrella moment. Yeah. And just <laughs> move forward. I'm just going to try to learn how to cope because that shit is expensive. Damn. And it's, it, it's, it's ableist as fuck because now people can't get, you know, the diagnosis right. and that they need. Um, but yeah, just to put that little tip in there, I was like pissed about that when I found out. 
Um, so at his new school, he was bullied a lot. Um, he seemed unable to make new friends. Um, and then people, people later said, you know, after, you know, his story went viral and everything that it, that actually wasn't the case that he just refused to hang out with people and be friends. But you know how that is. Like people, after someone, you know, after something happens, I feel like everybody be trying to act like, oh, yeah, we was, we was cool. We was nice. Mm-hmm. It's like, yeah. So it could go either way. Maybe he was reclusive. Maybe they was fucking me. Who knows? Um, so at his old school, all he did was wear, um, all he did was wear like a polo shirt and khaki pants because he went to private schools. So he's kept dressing like that even after he mm. left the school in the UK or whatever. Um, and he never thought about how it looked, but apparently he used to get like roasted a lot for that. Um, so he found himself being like withdrawn. Um, and he literally described it as what he said. He said, I was too withdrawn, like a turtle tucked into his shell. I was still in the process of going through puberty at the time. So I still looked and sounded like a 10 year old, but such a persona attracted zero attention from girls, of course, but it did attract bullies like moths to a flame. Damn. And I'm like, damn, he's 10. Like he's thinking about this shit. And he's 10 years old. It should have wild. Um, so he started playing World of Warcraft to make up for the isolation. And in the manifesto, he also talks about his parents a lot, specifically his, I guess, new stepmom, Samaya, and their new, they just had a, at the time they had just had a new baby and the new baby's name was Jazz. So Jazz starts taking up a lot of the attention of like the parents and stuff like that. Everybody's like doting on the baby and stuff like that. And also at this same time, he's talking about how like now he's starting to experience his sexual awakening. Mm-hmm. So he's dealing with the tension of like this new baby and like the new dynamic with his dad and like how he married and stuff like that. And then on this whole other end, he's now starting to want to get closer to girls. They bring him around um, some family friends and they have kids too. So he starts playing with like the other kids or whatever. Mm-hmm. And there's this one kid is 12 years old. His name is Leo. And he caught like saw him making out with a girl who was like almost his age at this point uh i think he's like 13 or 14 at this point and he said not only does leo have a better social life but now he's making out with girls at the age of 12 like this is all like all caps like he was big mad (laughs) they made out for a long time and i could see them tongue kiss they knew i was watching with envy and they still did it i bet that lucky bastard took great satisfaction from my envy and there I was watching a boy four years younger than me experience everything that I've longed for. To that kiss is, So he was, so the boy was 12. Yeah, the boy so was So he was 16 at this yeah, point. Yeah, he was 16 at the time. I don't know why I thought he was like 14. But, um, yeah, experience what I've longed for to kiss a girl, to be worthy of a girl's attraction. On that day, I developed a vicious hatred for Leo that will never go away. Whoa. Yeah, it's, yeah, he's super intense. So intense. Yeah, and I'm just like, I... Like I said, I don't have the ring. I've never been socialized as a boy. I don't understand the the need so much so that you can like develop hatred for other people that you can't like necessarily get that. But also in my mind, I don't know because of white supremacy, I can't understand why a white kid would feel like 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 this. Like y'all are the standard of attraction. Like yeah. that's what like all of our standards are based off of. So whatever it is that you're going through, like I mean, I, there's nobody telling him this obviously, but like. 
there had to have been somebody telling him like it gets better or you know branch out reach out i don't know do something I don't know. It just it just feels I mean, so weird that he felt like this. White supremacy makes whiteness the standard of attraction, but there are also white people who fall short of that standard. Mm-hmm. I don't necessarily empathize with them, but yeah. I do recognize that as a truth. Like when they like how they treat brunettes sometimes, or how yeah. they be, mm-hmm. treat genders, or like mm-hmm. Jewish people, white Jewish people, like you know, like. That's so, so he's weird. awkward. He's weird. He's not he's, dressing fly. He's right. so he looks younger strange. than what yeah. he is or whatever. Yeah, yeah. I can see how some resentment could start to build up. Now to take it to that degree is a lot because I don't think I've ever felt so jealous of someone else that I didn't want them to have what they have. Right. I just wanted it too. You yeah. Know? yeah, yeah. Like I don't want to take it away from you. I just want us both to have it. Yeah, right. <laughs> I like, I also like, like, I'm, I'm not mad at you for having it. Yeah. God damn. <laughs> Can a bitch get it? <laughs> <laughs> no, for real. Okay, no, you're definitely right about that. It's just, I don't know. I guess I can never put myself in that mindset or whatever. And I definitely do feel sorry for him. It's not that I just, but at the same time, like you said, I don't necessarily like empathize because it's like I can't put myself in those shoes. Yeah. If I was white, I'll take that shit to the next level. You know what I mean? Like, oh no. This, that's like a super five, five, some kind of end. That's what I'm saying. So like, I don't know. But yeah, it's sad that like he could never like take advantage of that. Yeah. Um, yeah, so he talked about like the cool kids and like he talked about their lives and stuff like that and how he was like super jealous and stuff like that. And he said, I began I'm sorry, I began to have fantasies of becoming very powerful and stopping everyone from having sex. <laughs> Hold yeah. on, everyone? Yeah, everyone. <laughs> Which is wild because, like, you got to do over again. Every <laughs> single <laughs> one? <laughs> Me? Yeah. Now, why am I in Everybody. Stopping <laughs> everybody from having sex. Then, just like you said, like, I never would want everybody to not right. have thing. I want me to have right. it. If I'm a fantasize, I'm a fantasize about me getting it or probably me getting more than what everybody else got. Right. Shit like that. So that shit is wild. Um, he said, I wanted to take sex away from them just like they took it from me. I saw sex as an evil and barbaric act all because I was unable to have it. So he's an intel. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. This was. I think this was like around the time or like before that was like coined mm. or whatever. Because before it was just like, oh, you can't get none. Like, and then right. just, that's just what it is. But I think around this time, then that's when people was like, oh, I'm involuntarily celibate, which is not a thing. Like, you either fucking or you not. <laughs> Even people who are sexually active still can't get some. Let's break it down. That's not a fucking thing. Um, so yeah, he started a YouTube channel and he started mm-hmm. an online blog. YouTube is right. <laughs> the start of the downfall of society. They got it. They got it. They started thinking that they could just say anything. Listen. And people should listen. Giving <laughs> everybody a platform was like a blessing and a curse because now we have all these different perspectives and you can put, I don't know, you can just add so much nuance to like all these different situations that like news doesn't cover and shit. Right. But Ooh. then you also have like these violent ass people who are able to spread out misinformation, disinformation, mm-hmm. violent, you know, narratives or whatever the fuck. And he was one of them. Um, on the channel, he complained about being lonely. He complained about being rejected by other people. And he also went to different online communities that we now know as the Manosphere. So, yeah. So, he not only is he feeling this way, but he's also getting that back. Like, he's in this echo chamber where yeah. people are like, oh, yeah, you, you're the prize. And these you're the prize. Shit. <laughs> you're the prize. 
is wild. That high value man wild. narrative is so scary to me. That shit really be like I literally got high one time and I was thinking about that shit and I was like, uh uh-uh. uh like if I'm not with my <laughs> niggas, I'm not so leaving the house. Like I was like, I can't do this. I'm not going outside like that. Like you're not you're not gonna get me because you pissed off that you ugly or that you got some you not fucking like you want to and shit like that. No, I was I literally oh, was like, real. I was living in bed, I was like hot as fuck. <laughs> I'm not going nowhere without my niggas. <laughs> For real, because this shit is fucking scary. It is. It is scary. So he moved uh, to this place called Isla Vista on uh, June 4th, 2011. He went to Santa Barbara City College, and then he later ended up dropping out February of 2012. Um, so from 2011 to 2012, he was involved in a like a series of minor incidents, um, which he threw or sprayed drinks on couples who he was jealous of. So people would like be like doing like PDA and shit, and he'll just like throw drinks on them and shit like that. I wish the so, fuck. So- <laughs> yeah, no, that should be his ass. Yeah, I'm surprised they did. This whole thing is so ridiculous. This yeah, is mad that other people are getting their dicks up. Like that is. And this wild. is this is exactly what the news doesn't cover. Like it doesn't cover like okay, what happened to him? What was he like? and stuff like that it was always just like oh school shooter they killed this many people and then that's it and it's wild because like I I feel like a lot of school shooters are trying to get to that point where they're so famous that everybody's studying them and shit like the Ted Bundy's and the Johnson's and stuff like that and but I feel like now it's the opposite because it happens so Mm -hmm. often we don't know shit about you Mm -hmm. so you know whatever attention you were seeking to get you still not getting it because I didn't know any of this until now right and I'm pretty sure the manifesto would say even more than what's here so on July 20th, uh, 2013, he went to. Oh, yeah, that is your I'm tripping. Well, when you turn. Not like on July 20th, 2013, he attended the party card. I'm sorry. I ain't shit, y'all. So much just happened. <laughs> Um, he went to a party and tried to interact with girls there, but he was reportedly ignored. Were you at the party for your birthday? <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> Were you at Santa Barbara? Um, he then tried to push girls, he tried to push a few girls off a 10 foot ledge. Oh my God. But failed and then was instead pushed off by the other men there. Which is like bring back them type. Right, right. I'm like as he what should be. Um he left the party but returned to get his sunglasses, which is like what you Okay. They they just pushed you off a ledge, now you back. You know you was gonna get your ass beat. So Roger got beaten up by the same dudes. Like, okay. You you came back to get your sunglasses, quote unquote, you hear her people, we can beat your ass. He told um, officer, so somebody called the police, or at some point he ended up talking to the police about it, and he, they pretty much figured out that he was the one who was the aggressor. So this was the moment where he was like, "Okay, now I'm gonna plan a rampage," and this is where it gets uh, because you got in trouble for doing some shit that you was doing because you tried to hurt somebody and you instead got hurt back, and then you came back for your quote unquote sunglasses, which is not real. Like it's a party. Go I'm away. pretty sure it's at night. Why the fuck do you need these sunglasses? And you. If somebody's willing to push you off a ledge, they're going to beat your ass mm-hmm. because they saw what the they, fuck you're trying they to do. They almost were trying to help you by pushing you off the ledge. Like, go away. 
That's what I'm saying. You and you got caught the first time, so you mm-hmm. okay. Well, anyway, you mad because you got your ass beat. Now you playing the rampage. Okay, cute. So, starting in September, Roger started to use his pocket money from his parents and his grandparents that he had saved up to fund his revenge. He visited shooting ranges. He bought three handguns, um, a Glock a Glock 34, and two Sig Sauer P226s. I don't know shit about guns, but that was, I'm just going to assume they big as fuck. Yeah, that sounded big. A Glock, but even to say that, it's just like a lot of... Yeah, <laughs> that's a lot. Um, and so I'm assuming these guns are huge. And the fact that he could so easily buy a gun is... Yeah, that's that was my big first Because my first thing would have been like, oh, you got social media? Let me just look you up real quick. Uh, no. Or you just bought five guns yesterday. Maybe you shouldn't also buy right. this gun today. You seem like an angry kid, <laughs> um, according to your social media and your fucking YouTube down. Um, I kind of forgot about the YouTube channel. <laughs> It's so easy. You could have just you could have just looked that shit up, and I was just like, "Yeah, no, he's pissed off. Maybe he don't." Um, he also started to work on his manifesto, which he would end up titling "My Twisted World: The Story of Elliot Roger," which is so melodramatic. So is it a manifesto or a memoir? It because what's the title? It, it read like a memoir. It read when like, you were saying that he was talking about his mom accidentally getting pregnant with him, I was like, this sounds memoir. It's very, very memoirish. And that's literally what I would have called it. But I'm guessing, because um, I didn't read the end of it, I more so read it to find out more about his like childhood and his mm-hmm. upbringing. He probably put a lot of his like politics into the end of it, or like yeah. talked about in his manifesto like why he was doing what he was doing. Mm-hmm. And you know, maybe that's what the manifesto part was. But the parts that I read, it read like a literal like a literal biography. Um, on January 25th, 2014, Roger performed a citizen's arrest. Please. Which is cop if you energy, don't mind your fucking business. Cop energy on somebody who's already angry at the world is a terrible sign already. He performed a citizen's arrest on his roommate, Chang Wan. Um, quote unquote James I guess that's, that was his English name Hong um, and accused him of stealing a set of candles that belonged to him after being arrested Hong pled guilty to the petty theft charge but the police dismissed the case due, due to insufficient evidence on April 30th Roger's parents saw his YouTube channel and then got scared so they caught they contacted the police which is which further affirms the theory that like him buying a gun shouldn't have happened because right. if they had seen what his parents saw they would have contacted right. the police right. and not sold him a fucking gun um but when the officers interviewed Roger at his apartment he downplayed the situation uh they decided that he quote unquote did not meet the criteria for an involuntarily an involuntary mental health hold the police determined that yeah the police determined the police are useless they're also not mental health professionals yeah how would what? they know? So your gun and your taser made you an expert on this person's mental health situation? And you talked to him for what, three and a half minutes? Right. Probably. Just, hey, what's going on? Right. Buddy or whatever fuck. You know, I don't know. And he should have been talking to another, like, trauma therapist or something. Because if they got alarmed, y'all should be alarmed too. Y'all right. alarmed. Um, it's supposed to be anyway. I was about to say supposedly. <laughs> um, they also said that there was no reason to legally search his residence, which I thought was extra wild because I don't know. I just feel like if you have the power to shoot people and y'all exercise it, 
Why not just search the why not search your room real quick? Try to see what's going on. Priorities all out of order. Alright, like what else do you have to do today? <laughs> you gotta work till five anyway. Just search the house. That's what I'm saying. And this is a common thing with all of the stories that we do. No matter who does a story, what we're researching, it could be a cult, it could be a, a fucking serial killer in like some bumblefuck nowhere town. It's always like, oh, they went to the house and they was like they didn't see a reason. Right. Yeah, right. It's like, Meanwhile, there's a dead body literally right. in the guest in the, bathroom. If they peeked around the front door, they would see right. it. It's, it's literally, literally hanging up right at the door. Right. I was like, literally just about to say that. Right. Or it'd be a dead body at the table just like posted. Right. And they're like, well, nothing, from, nothing right. to see here. We get at Bernie's. Like, it's like right. the person sleeping at the, the kitchen table. Right. Just, but everything looked great. <laughs> Every time. So, um, so yeah, they decided there wasn't a reason to search the, the residence. And at the time, he had those two handguns in his possession. And he claimed that the search definitely would have ruined his plans. Wow. My gosh. So had they searched, it would have been off. Um, May 23rd, 2014, Roger um, titles that, that day in his manifesto, the day of retribution. So this is the day that he starts his quote-unquote rampage. Um, and so another trigger warning, uh, I mentioned gun violence, but this is like, you know, just weapons in general. Um, so he stabbed three people to death. One of them was Hong, um, his, his roommate, his other roommate, oh, no. um, his other roommate, George Chen. So that was the second one. And then their friend, uh, Weihan David Wang. Police investigators assumed that he started with Wang and then moved to Hong and then finally Chen and that he killed them in separate events. Um, making efforts to conceal their murders each time. So he would kill one and then try to hide it, kill one and try to hide it, whatever. Instead of all three of them being in like some sort of like routine. I mean, I know he's like spoken violence and like tried to harm people, but to go from like having not really done like a violent act right. to like stabbing to go over three people with water guns. Right. To, that is intense. Yeah. And people that you know and live with. Yeah, I don't I wonder what the switch is. I think it's literally just people people just up and do it. And yeah. then just to, I guess to see how it feels or you know, they talked all this shit now they just they gotta like follow yeah. through or whatever the fuck. Or maybe something set him off and he just really felt like he didn't have a reason to not do it anymore. Um, so his retribution as he called it um, he sent his manifesto to 34 people including his parents other family members he sent one to his therapist former school teachers and childhood friends he went to the Alpha Phi sorority house near the University of California Santa Barbara with the intention of massacring all the occupants inside when he he knocked on the door nobody answered so he shot three Delta 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 sorority sisters Damn. who were nearby and he ended up killing Catherine Cooper and Veronica Vice, wounding Bianca DeCock. Um or DeCoke. I can't I can't dis- decide what's the pronunciation on that. Um, he then drove further into town and fired into the Isla Vista Deli Mart from inside his BMW, killing a student named Christopher Michaels Martinez. After killing Michaels Martinez, Roger drove away from the Isla Vista Deli Mart and he was spotted leaving by four responding foot patrol officers, but they didn't suspect him to be the shooter at the time, so they allowed him to lie. Why? Because he's not a black man? Yeah. 
<laughs> that's literally it. Because if you a nigga and you your tail light flickering, bitch, you get pulled over. Right. So I don't, I don't get this whole. We didn't think he was a shooter. Did you think he was anything? Right. Did you want to talk to him? Something? And you saw him leaving. I and I'm sure he shots. looked agitated. Like you know, you're not just strolling right. through the street. Y'all get people for running. Like it's all kind of shit. And, but I guess that don't apply to white kids. So. He continued on his rampage, obviously, because they let him fucking go. Um, he shot several pedestri- pedestrians in drive-by shootings, and he also hit other people with his car. At some points, he drove on the wrong side of the street. He ended up wounding... In the end, he ended up wounding 12 people in the in the rampage, and six by gunshots and six with his vehicle. At one point, he got into a brief gunfight with a responding sheriff's deputy and escaped unharmed. How? Got into a yeah. Got into a gun gunfight with, with the sheriff's cop. deputy and escaped unharmed. Not shot, know. not tased, not nothing. Bean bagged. Oh my god. Didn't get hit with a squirt gun, bitch. Nothing. <laughs> so yeah, at this point in the research, I'm pissed off y'all. I'm sorry. Like at this point I just started copying and pasting because I was like, cause up cause up until now I was doing shit in my own words. I literally did this shit. <laughs> Roger got into another gunfight, this time with three sheriff's deputies near Little Acorn Little Acorn Park, and he suffered a gunshot wound to his left hip. He fled but was closely pursued by police. So he crashed into a it said bicyclist. I hate that word. I don't know why. He crashed into a bicyclist. It is a lot. Yeah. yeah. It's just so much. Like, mm-hmm. okay, this guy was on bike. Do we need a, a it's a word for everything in the career? Like, I don't <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> that just, I don't know. That just pisses me off. Like, I hate that word. <laughs> the anger. Um, so he crashed into a person who was on a bike named Keith Chung and seriously wounded him and then fatally shot himself in the head. Oh, wow. He was 22 at the time of his death. Uh, police investigated the crash BMW and... I'm com- I'm a bit confused. Hold on, let me let me take a step back because like I told you, like by this time I was copying and pasting and stuff like this. Okay, maybe I copy and pasted at the wrong part. Let me backtrack. Police investigated the crash BMW and handcuffed Roger and Chung, having initially believed that Chung to be the second gunman. They later determined him to be an injured victim and returned and released him to police custody. That so, feels racist. Yeah. No, definitely. And immediately. But especially the fact that they let him go unharmed and then turned around and like arrest arrested child. So the day after the killing spree, officers went to Roger's apartment to investigate and found the bodies of Hong, Chen, and Wang, the people that he stabbed earlier. Mm-hmm. His final YouTube video was discovered after the killing spree and was deleted from the website. However, um, Many like people had already copied and you know like recorded the videos and stuff like that, so they're definitely still like floating out there. And then it ended up inspiring like copycat crimes and stuff like that. Yikes. There were some people who were concerned about it being on the news. There was like people who was debating back and forth about whether or not that that was okay. Um, because when you put stuff on the news, that like then there's always there's always a spike in copycat crimes, uh, specifically with the VA Tech shooter too. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. He had uh, 
he saw something uh, on the news or whatever, and then that's what inspired the Virginia Tech. Um, that was such an intense day. Oh, child. I remember so that vaguely, but honestly, it's just, it happens so much now. It's just like, it's all the same. I just like, remember just being in class and being like, yeah, this is happening in real time. And yeah, and like the updates that were coming yeah. through and stuff. Yeah. 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 Oh, it was intense. I don't even remember what year it was. Do you remember what year it was? Um, it had to have been 2008 or 9? Hold on. Period Tech. Shit. Did another one happen? 2007. Okay. So I was in, I was a sophomore. No, no, no I was a junior. Next one. Okay. Yeah, I'm still confused about the part that I wrote that said they handcuffed Roger. I'm a, I mean, obviously that happened before uh, he turned a gun on him. So, but um, yeah, they said these videos were aired repeatedly by news stations after the massacre, which also led to controversy and public concerns of copycat crimes. So when his motives became public, it led to a bunch of different reactions on social media and discussions about misogyny and violence against women in American society. Um, and then it led to the hashtag not all men. I don't think I was on social media around this time, so I didn't experience this. I didn't like see this. Um, but the hashtag itself came under criticism because people said it was deflecting from sensitive topics like sexual assault yeah, and stuff like that, that for not being right. helpful enough in the discussion of misogyny. So in response, somebody created the hashtag yes all women to express that mm-hmm. while not all men are sexist, all women are affected by or live under the fear of sexism and misogyny of any degree. Mm-hmm. Um, within four days, the hashtag had been tweeted 1.2 million times, surpassing the similar hashtags that preceded it, such as like not all men and like all this stuff like that. Um, and then became known for being used by women to share their personal stories. I think this was like pre Me Too, too. Mm-hmm. Um, who shared their personal stories about gender based harassment and discussion. But that also got some hate too. Um, the discussion about misogyny generated some criticism from people who argued that it kind of diverted attention away from the fact that his hateful comment, like, he had, he had also made hateful comments about men, which is bullshit, but, like, the fact that he killed more men than women and his mental health issues, and then that's kind of where, like, the conversation about that was like, um, which is, I think that's also a way that people always deflect from sexism, they're like, oh, he killed more men than women, or men are affected by this thing more, da 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 It's still patriarchy, and it's still a result of him feeling entitled to relationships with women mm-hmm. to feeling entitled to sex so yes more men may have been killed but that doesn't mean the motivation was any less misogynistic he wanted to go to those frat houses and kill people like he killed the women that were he just he killed whoever was near him mm-hmm. that doesn't mean he that, tried like, to kill a killed. whole fucking sorority yeah right. exactly so that that is misogyny. Even like his manifesto and talking about how he wanted to take sex away from everybody because they took it away from him. That is misogyny and entitlement. So that has nothing to do with yeah, I don't know. I don't feel like that should be that that should be a fact that like deters from the fact that he his motivations were extended sex. I don't know. But yes, that is the um, story of Elliot Roger. And yeah. Yikes. Yeah, yeah. it's a lot. Ooh. 
did his parents have anything to say after the fact? I wonder. I didn't. I didn't. Honestly, I didn't even look it up. I was. I'm, I'm obviously. I'm pretty sure they're devastated. Um, but yeah, I didn't look up what they had to say after his death. Um, I don't think I remember this story, but seeing his picture, he looks familiar. If you see, if you see his um, his video, it'll kind of look familiar because that's the thing that was like circulating on like the news outlet. Mm-hmm. He was like sitting in the car and he was like live streaming, kind of. And mm-hmm. he was like, "Oh, I'm gonna go in here and I'm gonna do this is like my this is like the last video I'm gonna make." And he was sitting in his car looking sad yeah. and stuff. Um, but yeah, that's another reason why I wanted to do it because I feel like all these faces kind of get lost in like this sea of mass shooters. Yeah, oh, whatever. The only one that stands out to me, whose face I remember, or the, I guess the most recent one whose face I remember, is the one from the Batman movie. That shit oh, should be Aurora killer. Yeah. yeah, I still have anxiety every time I go into a movie theater. Mm-hmm. Every single time I look at where the exits are mm-hmm. and I do my exit plan in my head, and then I gotta have a drink because I start getting anxious like immediately. Mm-hmm. No, I used to be so excited to go to. I mean, I still do it, but like. Uh, a matinee situation like that feels a much better yeah. to me since that situation happened because the first I feel like year after that happened I didn't go to movies at all. Um, I went and saw that movie. Well, so my boyfriend took me to see it because I'm a huge like comic book fan, like comic book movie fan, superhero movie fan, and like that happened like when the movie came out, obviously, but I still wanted to see it, but I was on the, like, I don't know. And I had just like got diagnosed with my anxiety disorder. So he took me to see it in fucking IMAX. So it was huge. It was loud. It was dark. And I had a panic attack in the movie. Oh, like, yeah. It was horrifying. Yeah. <laughs> and you found out about this after? You found out about the shooting after? No, I knew about the shooting before. Oh. Yeah. 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 I didn't go to the movies for a long ass yeah. time after yeah. that. After that experience, I didn't. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah, even in crowds, like that, and that's what I'm saying. Like, I gotta be, I don't know, I'm not saying like quick people are immune to doing shit like this, <laughs> but it's like the stakes are so much lower when you're dealing with people with a politic, quick post transport, stuff like that. It just, I don't know, I just, and I think that's sad. I think that's sad as fuck that you have to, like, I don't know, almost kind of like filter through the identities of everybody that you're around just to yeah. see that, how safe you might be or whatever. But then people will still seek out your spaces, mm-hmm. like the right. thing that happened in Orlando. Yeah. So. Yeah. And I thought about that, too. I'm just like, I'm really, you know, there's no guaranteed way to be safe. You can do as much as you can to feel, you know, Mm -hmm. a little bit better, but there's no way you can, like, actually protect yourself from this. I was starting to freak out a little bit at the Beyonce concert because we got there, like, a little bit late. Yeah. Well, I made it to the beginning of the show. Don't get me wrong. But there was, like, a lot of crowds out front trying to get into the space where you even scanned your ticket so people were like all on all sides of me the crowd was like moving and i was just like okay i gotta get out of this i gotta get out of this like that's how i was leaving yeah we walked because they were like funneling they were rushing people out of the door and so you get outside and there's just like people in every single direction mm-hmm. and then people are yelling some people are having a good time some people are like frustrated mm-hmm. and then the cops are like blowing whistles and it's loud and their cars and i was just like i am about to crawl out of my skin and it's really like i mean you, you just don't know because like i mean maybe going into the stadium they had metal detectors i don't even know if those shits were on right. to be honest right. but like when you get outside and there's hundreds thousands of people outside yeah. i mean anybody can drive anybody. by the stadium 
bathroom. Be waiting outside. Anything. Anything. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, yeah. give me, give me home. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I've been thinking about um, what happened at Ariana Grande's concert too. Yeah. Yeah. Like fuck. Like in Vegas, the country concert in Vegas. Yeah, too. I was thinking about that one a lot. Oh, I didn't. I don't remember that. Uh, wasn't it outdoors? Yeah, like somebody pulled up and just started shooting into the crowd at yeah. like festival or concert. Or I'm like, what is the motivation behind that shit? A lot of different reasons, but I'm just trying to figure it out because I'm like, I don't know, what like what do you do like as a society? Like, what do you do to prevent that from happening? <laughs> I feel like it's like any of the societal ills. It's a it's a list of things that yeah. need to be done, right. and all of them are preemptive and proactive, which is not something we do as a society in general. We never try to solve something on the front end. It's always reactionary. Right. It's always after the damage is done. Because I really don't want to end up in like this weird like surveillance state, kind of like uh, well, have you ever seen the show called Kramer? Mm-mm. Okay, yeah. Well, I really don't want to end up in like a weird surveillance state where like men are the enemy and they're all being tracked and they all got like little monitors on and shit like that but oh i don't know like it's it's looking like that's the direction it's headed in because i don't know because like all of these shooters and bombers keep having the same identities and then i feel like eventually people are going to get sick of that as a public health issue but you look at the countries where it's more prevalent we're the ones doing it wrong. The yeah. countries where th- that doesn't happen, they have more restrictive gun laws. They yeah. have more access to resources. Mm-hmm. They have better health care. They have better school systems. Like, yeah. There are reasons why people are like this. Mm-hmm. You know? It can be prevented. It's just not something that this country focuses on. And that feels like a pipe dream to me. I feel like whenever people talk about other countries and the way they do show, nah, I'm saying real. No way people talk about it. I'm just like, ah, I'll go over there and see that shit for myself. People are like, oh, um, I got all my teeth fixed for twelve dollars. Right. The, like, the people please. on TikTok talking shit about America, like, damn, yeah. y'all gotta pay for this? Like, yeah, yeah bitch, we do. We pay for everything. So we're gonna be paying for air. Yeah. Showing up the Lord, right? So let me get up. Yep. <laughs> all right. Well, <laughs> we'll be back with should this be a crime. Should this be a crime? I don't know what it is. I'm, I'm excited. All right, y'all. So this is from uh, Fox 40. It was published on August 15th of this year. And the title is Tourists Lost Their Summer Vacation. Maui's Locals Lost Everything. The agony wrought by the deadliest U.S. fire in a century is only beginning in Lahaina, Hawaii, where the inferno virtually wiped the town off the map. I pronounced that correct, right? I think so. Fear, anger, and despair are setting in for some locals who are now imploring that repair efforts should focus on not just clearing the way for tourists, but meeting the needs of the people who call Lahaina home. The fact that they even have to say that <laughs> just can't. is just mind-blowing to me. The what deadliest U.S. fire in a century. Mm. Rick Avila, 65, a longtime Lahaina resident who lost his home to the blaze, said one of the biggest immediate concerns for the community is finding long-term affordable housing for those who lost their homes. He and his wife have found temporary shelter at a friend's vacation rental condo, but many others now, quote, feel like they have to leave the community, he told CNN. Quote, a lot of them are going to, and I'm sorry, y'all, I don't know how to pronounce these um, Hawaiian islands and cities, but I'm going to do my best. I'll also spell them. So a lot of them are going to K-I-H-E-I, K-H-E, and W-A-I-L-U-K-U, Waluku, and K-A-H-U-L-U-I, Kalui, maybe? 
<laughs> Thanks. I'm trying. <laughs> and then a lot of them are leaving the island completely. Avila said of his friends and neighbors in the days since the blaze and referring to three cities on the other side of Maui. Still, Avila emphasized that Lahaina is a strong and tight-knit community and the people will find a way to rebuild from the ground up. Lahaina resident Mike Cacino, who was among the fire survivors, forced to jump into the ocean as the flames encroached the town, told CNN, quote, we just went through a nightmare and we're about to go through another nightmare trying to basically not stay homeless. Cacino is among those joining the growing chorus of people asking tourists not to come visit, quote, because we don't have any places for locals to stay. We're in desperate need here, out here, Cacino added. A lot of people have nowhere to go. As Avila put it, quote, at this point, there's no reason for tourists to come here. Restaurants and shops are either burned or or shuttered as staffers deal with the crisis, he noted. And while many of the resorts and hotels are left standing, their employees are scattered and shell-shocked. He urged potential visitors to respect the, the Aina, Hawaiian land, and the people who live here. As soon as everything's up and running, then we will welcome back visitors because the hotel people are going to need to work, Avila added. But let us get a little bit of a handle on it first. There's more information about um, what was lost um, during the fire. We'll add the article so folks can read that information. Um, it's important, but the article does go into like a lot of detail. So I think that we can kind of get the gist of it from that. Um, looking ahead, fears mount over direction of Lahaina's future. Looking beyond just the short-term needs, there is already growing concern that developers will now try to swoop in and buy up the land where people's homes were destroyed, possibly rebuilding Lahaina into a Las Vegas strip-style tourism base. The fear of land grabs from outsiders trying to cash in on the tragedy and push more local people out of Maui are very real. Community groups have begun sharing resources, calling for people to report incidents of speculators circulating their property in, in search of a deal. Thousands of people have also signed multiple petitions calling for a temporary moratorium on foreclosures amid the tragedy. Despite the decades of change as visitors reshaped much of Hawaii, Lahaina treasured its history and residents um, treasured its history and residents working worked hard to preserve the cultural heritage that made it so unique. Unlike the skyscra- skyscrapers and luxury retail outposts on the Waikiki Strip and neighboring Oahu Island, Lahaina's down- downtown now largely raised, um, remain largely low rise and dotted with small businesses built around a beloved 150 year old banyan tree. Quote, many have characterized Lahaina in the coverage of these fires as a tourist mecca or tourist destination, and it certainly attracted the interest and love of many, many people. But Lahaina also has a deep history. Um, uh, Gionson, who is a native Hawaiian, added, pointing to its place as the historic capital of the Kingdom of Hawaii. Quote, it's also important to keep first and foremost in mind what the families of the area are going through, because it's really in the families and in the hearts of the Kama'aina, the residents of those places, that those kinds of stories, those kinds of histories live. And that's the end of that article. Oh, that was sad. That's so sad. Going to Hawaii is a crime. It's been a crime. And, we were, yeah, and people have been, been saying it for years. It's just people have been begging y'all to stop coming and fucking up their shit, taking the limited resources that they have, adding to all the bullshit that they already deal with at the hands of the U.S. government, 
and nobody listened. And now this. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, no. I, and I feel like, I don't know, whenever people get the chance to show their humanity, they always fuck it up. Yeah. And then they get mad when we say, oh, I like, fuck white people, fuck rich people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I'm saying, I'm, I'm pretty sure some niggas in there too. You know. Oprah owns 2,000 acres on the island. <laughs> yes. Yeah. When I read that, I was gagged. Yeah. Doesn't Oprah own like the most land in Maui or some shit like that? Something like so that. So it's definitely black people too, but just in general, like the concept of whiteness and the power that it brings and like capitalism and stuff like that. Like whenever people get the chance to show out and really like show up for people and kind of prove that wrong, they they turn left every single fucking time. Right. I saw a picture mm-hmm. and this one girl, like uh, th- th- her and her husband were like looking through the rubble for like a Rolex or something. Yeah. Oh my God. And they were confused why niggas was pissed off. It's a watch. People died. There was this one girl, she was crying. She was like, people are swimming in the waters. That's where we, that's where hella people died mm-hmm. yesterday. Mm-hmm. Yeah. People walked out to the waters to avoid the fires and they drowned out there. They yeah. died out there because they didn't have shit else to go to. And y'all yeah. are out there swimming like everything's fucking cool. Mm-hmm. That's a new level of inhumane yeah. that I haven't seen in a while. Because we see it every day with like police brutality, with gentrification and watching people be displaced and, you know, all these different holes in our healthcare system and shit like that. But it's like, you went there to go do that shit. Yeah. That wasn't what you was, you wasn't acting as at your, at your house in your yeah. neighborhood. Mm-hmm. Like, you wasn't on social media talking shit about people who are, you went there mm-hmm. to an annex, annex part of Polynesia. That shit is not the fucking U.S. Yeah. And then you were like, oh, my watch. Oh, so great. We like, fuck y'all. Y'all are pieces of shit. Yeah. Like, absolute pieces of shit. And while y'all are so, like, headstrong, while y'all are so determined to prove that y'all are the worst people alive is beyond me. Like, I can't even, like, comprehend being in that situation. Because if I'm not helping, if I'm not, like, volunteering at whatever shelter to move people or using my resources that I have to like help people out there I'm on the next thing smoking back to the US like I'm mm-hmm. not even gonna be there first of all <laughs> but like if I was there if I was just like to take that chance and be a vacationer when they literally said don't fucking come here for years yeah it's been at least a decade now since they really was like please stop coming here because yeah. it's fucking us up so yeah no I literally don't even know how to react and I just and you can't act like you didn't know the peak of those pleas were in 2020 when like mm-hmm. they were begging people because all those cheap flights were available to yeah. go to Hawaii and they yeah. were like can you stop bringing the fucking plague over here like yeah. niggas is dying they not gonna help us they mm-hmm. gonna help y'all as tourists right. and like like stop yeah. <laughs> like yeah. and people Flights were like, like $88 yeah, I remember people were going to Hawaii like and, and it drove all these people that are grieving their families and their homes have to worry about people coming in and buying it up yeah in building like all these buildings around it and it's yeah it's really sad and for them to say like this is our home this is like one of the most historical islands in hawaii Mm -hmm. and y'all just say oh i love vacationing there they're like fuck you do the people love living there like are they having a good time are they safe and you vacation there every year but now that it's torn down you don't have any money to give the island yeah horrible you don't want to help you just want to wonder when the, when the next uh, fucking condo building is going to be built so you yeah. can go back. It's awful. It's always been always like fuck billionaires. 
And for some reason, Oprah never really was like high on my list of like giving. Like I just didn't pay attention to Oprah. Mm-hmm. I don't have a strong affection for her. I don't have a strong hatred for her, or anything like that. I really love the the color purple. You know, mm-hmm. like her studio put out some good stuff. Whatever, whatever. But when she out her fucking mouth was talking about, I want to see like you know what they're doing, and then I'll I'll see about like what money I'm going to give and how I'll be involved in like fixing the island basically and then the article said that she had thousands yeah. of acres like of she's saying she it's like possession she it's giving um i'm not going to give this houseless person on the corner that's asking for money right my money unless i know that they're using it for food and not alcohol mm-hmm. right like girl if you don't just give them the fucking money and let them build up their their uh island that shit pissed me off bad and rich people keep doing this shit they did that shit during um what i don't know what hurricane that was it was joel Osteen. i've been saying he was a fan oh, since i was a kid the one i was in, raised in the church and the first was that the one in houston yeah i think something. something he's i know he's in texas and i've been me <laughs> My brother been saying since we was little, I was like, "That's a thug. That's not a. That's not a picture. That's a thug." And he looks and terrifying. He looks he does scary look. as fuck. He looks like an anime villain. Yeah, yes. he does. He looks like he needs to be in a DC movie. And lo and behold, the movie as the villain. They needed somewhere to stay, and he was like, "Oh, they can't come to our church." Uh-huh. But then, like, when he got pressure from social media, then he started letting people in, and they found like money. In money. The like <laughs> that was wild. from some bank robbery. Like, are or you kidding me? Conversation. Maybe we'll do a story on them one day. But yeah, no, rich people ain't shit and they don't give a fuck about nobody else except for being the charity class so that they can get a tax write-off that's literally it and we see it now in real time when people are losing their lives people are losing their homes you shouldn't have you should be worried about like your next meal you should be worried about like getting in contact with emergency services so you can get your shit you shouldn't have to worry about people buying up the land that your people just died on right Someone literally on Twitter was like, the land that Oprah bought was illegally sold because it was illegally gained. Like, mm-hmm. why the fuck mm-hmm. did you own it in the first place? Right. Yeah. yeah, it's a colony. Mm-hmm. It's literally American colonialism. And I don't know. If I if some folks in mind want to throw some people uh, over in the water or whatever and they, they ass come up missing or some shit like that, I support it. I'm so fucking sorry. Mm-hmm. You just blame it on the fire. Oops, they they died. I don't know why they <laughs> something like it's a, it's it, Revolution is gonna have to be some sort of, you know, give and take when it comes yeah. to like violence and shit like that because this is this is violence, this is murder, this yeah. is genocide, and these people do not give a fuck. Oh, they died, damn, that's sad. Um, so are we going to the other island or is it like, right. right? Which island's next, y'all? Mm-hmm. I can't, I can't think like that. I'm sorry, I literally yeah. can't think like that. It don't matter. I don't care how much money I end up getting or not getting. I don't give a fuck. Like, I'm never... I can't. I can't. I can't. Yeah. Um, so, it's, yeah, no, it's definitely a crime to be there. Yeah. It was a crime to be there before this fire. Kill these fucking developers and these landlords. Yeah. As soon as you see this, don't report the don't report these speculators. Give them a little status dad. <laughs> Throw them over in the water. <laughs> oh, it's a crime. Yeah, it's definitely a crime. All of it is a crime. Justice for the indigenous Hawaiians and... All the thoughts and good energy, you know, to all of them for sure. And like, we gotta get, get more aid than what they get. Yeah, they get their land back. And yeah. I hope you're right. I hope they do start stabbing and drowning niggas. I, whatever, <laughs> for real. And I'll be getting away with it because <laughs> look, look at what's happening to them. It's the same thing. It's not anything different from what's happening to them right now. Yeah, because I'm pretty sure someone is taking advantage of this situation we see it with blackouts we see it with natural disasters somebody's stealing somebody's assaulting people somebody's violating women somebody i don't know using the situation to procure children um 
Like it's it's violence. It's it's murder. Mm-hmm. So I support all equal reactions to the situation. <laughs> so, so yeah, crime, crime, <laughs> jail for life. Well. Let us know what you think. You can find us online at Ina Killer Podcast on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok, and Ina Killer Pod on Twitter. And you can listen to us on Apple Music. You can listen to us on Spotify, anywhere where you can find podcasts except for Facebook. Yeah, support the show at the end of the description and leave us a review. Yay! Bye! Bye! Bye. Bye.